This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. everybody happy monday it is six minutes past nine o'clock here in hayesville north carolina the 14th day of march 2022 welcome to a wake-up call uh early morning wake-up call for me my wife was on vacation last week she's back to work this week so we were up uh, extra early so that uh, she could get in but uh we are ready to roll and i thought this was going to be a big baseball show i was all ready we had a all kinds of free agent signings over the weekend, although we still haven't gotten the big splashes that we're waiting for uh, in the free agent market. Freddie Freeman still sitting out there, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa. All the big names are still out there, but uh, we did have quite a few people sign over the weekend, so I was all ready for that. And then Tom Brady happened this weekend. All of a sudden, I get a text message from Dan Zambano on Sunday afternoon saying the GOAT is back, and I... Of course, you know immediately what that meant, and I was like, huh? You know, I was watching uh, – uh, I had been watching the NASCAR race, and so I was uh, – I wasn't plugged in online, and he said, check out Twitter, and I did. And, of course, there's Tom Brady all over the place. Uh, only Tom Brady could find a way to put the NCAA basketball tournament on the back burner. Right, everybody, this is usually the time everybody's really excited about the selection show, and, and Tom Brady just submarine that. So we're going to have Dan Zampano on uh, at 9.30 to talk about the very quick unretirement by Tom Brady. It lasted, what, all of six weeks? And uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. There's been a lot of other moves with quarterbacks around the NFL, free agency getting ready to happen. So we're going to have Dan on to talk about that because, well, it's Tom Brady. It's so funny, too. You look at it this morning, and uh, there's two camps. There's the people that love Tom Brady that are really excited that he's back. And then there's the other people going, oh, my God, can't this guy just go away? You know, and a lot of that's just because they're tired of seeing them beat the crap out of their teams. And then there's another. There's actually a third group are like, Tom Brady's just an a-hole. He's an attention monger, and, you know, this is just all about him, and what a jerk. And I always laugh about that stuff because, again, those are the people that if he was on your team, you would be dancing a jig right about now. <laughs> and so – uh, and what's, you know, it's going to be interesting. We'll talk to Dan about this as well, what the Bucks players are going to do. They've got all kinds of guys getting ready to go to free agency. And you wonder how that is going to affect those guys on the Buccaneers that might have been considering going somewhere else. Does having Tom Brady back change that? So we'll talk to Dan coming up uh, at 930 uh, before I get to, we do have some baseball news we'll talk about. Before I get to that, I, I wanted to say congratulations uh, publicly to the Hayesville Yellow Jackets. Uh, my new hometown high school basketball team won the state championship 
uh, here in North Carolina over the weekend. They win the game in overtime. Uh, I believe the final was 53-42 to 42 in overtime. Uh, their second title in school history. Uh, it had been a while since they won their last one. Uh, look, this is a little town. I mean, and, and the, the championship was for um, 1A, which is the equivalent of uh, in Connecticut would be Class S or in other schools. It would be the, the smallest uh, schools uh, in your particular state. But, hell, that's a hell of an accomplishment for a town uh, that has 750 people in it. Because that's what we got here in Hayesville, folks. And uh, they had the game online, and uh, we watched uh, My wife and I watched the fourth quarter in the overtime. And so uh, uh, I take full credit, obviously, for moving down here and uh, helping them win the state championship. So congratulations to the Hayesville Yellow Jackets. All right, let's get to uh, some baseball news. And the biggest news of the weekend as far as free agent signings actually came down last night. And, of course, it has to involve the New York Yankees. Um, and the Yankees made a trade to get Josh Donaldson from the Minnesota Twins. And in exchange, they send Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela to the Twins. Now, this tells me a couple of things. Number one, the Yankees were really tired of Gary Sanchez's uh, leading the league in pass balls. You know, and uh, the fact that he's just been a butcher behind the plate. And you could say whatever you want about how he hits the ball. Folks, he hit 200 last year, right? Uh, yeah, sure, he hit 23 home runs, but he hit 200. And he's a butcher behind the plate. So the Yankees just got tired of that and decided that Kyle Higashioka can't be any worse. Matter of fact, defensively, he's going to be better than Sanchez. And, you know, what? offensively, how much worse can he be? So, uh, but... On the face of it, you know, look, Gio Urshela is a guy that, you know, very valuable, a guy that um, hit almost 270 last year. He is a very, very good third baseman and uh, a guy that I thought they'd want to hang on to. But this tells me that uh, the Yankees just decided that they needed to move Glaber Torres off a shortstop, so they get Josh Donaldson and uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa from the Minnesota Twins. Kiner-Falefa now is it will s- slot right into that shortstop spot, and the good thing about him is he has flexibility. He can play third base as well. He's a former gold glove third baseman. Of course, it was during the shortened pandemic year, but he's still a guy that can pick it really well at third, But they're going to, and he moved to shortstop last year. So he will slot into shortstop, and they will move Gleyber Torres to second base. That means that uh, it's going to probably be uh, means that uh, DJ LeMay, he was going to have to play first. You wonder what that means for Luke Voigt. Uh, does does uh, LeMay become a utility guy? You know, and it's funny, you, you don't think of him as a utility guy, but last year, look, offensively, LeMahieu took a step back. But as far as defense goes, he is a very, very good second baseman. He proved to be serviceable at first base. He can play third if you need him to. So he does have that flexibility. Uh, and as far as Donaldson goes, look, um, you know, Donaldson is a guy who is – an all-star or a former all-star. He is a guy whose better days are behind him. And that's, that's what you wonder about here. 
You know, look, he hit what did he what did he hit last year? Uh, Two fifty. You know, he still got pop in the bat. There's no question about that. He had 26 homers, 72 runs batted in last year. His second season uh, with the Minnesota Twins. He was in the MVP in the American League back in 2015. Look, this is a guy that's got a great pedigree. But he's got injury issues. He's got range issues. This is a guy uh, that, you know, if you look at it, he's a guy that they've taken a step backwards perhaps defensively on the infield by bringing him in. Uh, you know, he can play, you know, you, you would think that perhaps he will be the designated hitter at times when John Carlos Stanton is not. Um, so, you know, they may be able to to hide it that way, but it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in there. The other part of it that will be interesting is is that he and Garrett Cole have a history. They don't get along very well, and now they're teammates. Although it's funny how that stuff can usually uh, heal itself. But uh, so a big splash for the New York Yankees. The question now becomes is are they done? They have been linked to Freddie Freeman. It looks all signs point to Freddie Freeman either going back to Atlanta or signing with the Dodgers. Those are the two teams that seem to be in the front running, but the Yankees are interested. And if obviously if they sign him, that means that uh, they're going to move Luke Voigt somewhere to, to another team. They'll make a trade if that indeed happens. But it looks like he's going to go to the Dodgers. But we'll have to see if the Yankees are done or not. Uh, there was talk about them being in on Trevor Story, being in on Carlos Correa. Now that they've got Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, does that mean they are going to back off going after a guy like Carlos Correa? And I'm thinking that might be the case. Now, look, we all know the Yankees have money, but based on what was uh, the offers that had been made to Correa prior to the, the lockout, he's looking for you know, $32, 33 $34 dollars a year. And are the Yankees going to want to commit to that? We know they can afford it. Although in past, you know, the past few years, they've been a little bit more budget conscious, which, you know, that's all relative based on the rest of Major League Baseball. You know, uh, budget conscious, they've still had one of the top five or six salaries in Major League Baseball. So we'll see. But uh, that is the first big splash for the Yankees here in this free agent process. And the Twins weren't done. Uh, the Twins also made a trade yesterday. They got Sonny Gray from the Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, look, the, the, the Twins needed pitching. They need pitching in the worst way. You know, the Twins, who were disappointing last year, are going are, are setting up to be even more disappointing this year. Regardless of getting Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez, somebody's got to pitch. And here's the thing. You know, they traded Jose Barrios last year when, when everything went south. Kenta Maeda's got an elbow injury. He's going to miss most of the 2022 season. Michael Pineda's a free agent. So right now... It's Larry Moe and Curley in the rotation along with Sonny Gray for the, for the Minnesota Twins. They've got Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan, who both 
uh, pitch fairly well as rookies, but they're still you know young guys. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Randy Dobnak is a guy that perhaps uh, they can slot in there. To me, you know, he was injured last year. He showed signs at times that that he could be effective, but he seems to be more of a bullpen guy to me. Uh, and then they've got Dylan Bundy, who they signed as a free agent, uh, and they are going to try to resurrect his career. Uh, but right now, if you look at that Twins rotation, and you're a Minnesota Twins fan, you're going, oh, my God, <laughs> we can't get enough hitting because we're going to have to win games 10-9. So, uh, so the Twins, uh, we're busy. Uh, the Red Sox, uh, they have not been busy, although th- they did – uh, or are close to. They haven't actually made the signings yet but, yet, but they are close to signing a couple of left-handed guys in the bullpen uh, in Jake Diekman and Matt Strom. Jake Diekman, a guy that I'm really excited about. This is a guy that uh, throws gas from the left-hand side. He's got that funky delivery. Uh, he strikes out about a third of the guys he faces. He's 35 years old, but he averages 11.5 strikeouts per nine. He averaged tw- over 12 last year with the Oakland Athletics. So that would be a great add, you know. And then you look at it, well, what does that mean? You know, they've got Josh Taylor back there already. They've got Darwin Hernanza- Hernandez in the bullpen. So all of a sudden, you've got too many lefties out there. You know, you wonder what's going to happen as far as that goes. Uh, and then they signed Matt Strom, another lefty. Matt Strom is a guy who has showed some promise. But he injured his knee back in 2019, and he has not pitched an awful lot. Now, supposedly he's fully recovered, but I think he's pitched what? What he pitched last year? 21 innings? Something like that? You know, he pitched for both the Royals and the Padres for five or six years, and he has shown the ability to get right handers out, despite the fact that he is a left handed pitcher. So. Uh, on the face of it, a couple of pretty good signings for the Red Sox. They still haven't done anything uh, uh, to solidify what they're going to do in the outfield in second base. I still think, based on what's happened, I still think the Red Sox are going to start with Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field. I think Kike Hernandez becomes the Red Sox second baseman. And I think they start with JBJ out in center. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know what that means. I mean, it, it probably means we aren't going to see uh, J.D. Martinez in the outfield at all, and that's okay with me. But I think J.B.J. starts the year in center field. I think that uh, – I think Kike becomes the second baseman. And if J.B.J. can't hit and he struggles the way he did last year with the Milwaukee Brewers, well, there could be some changes as far as that goes. But, you know, and, and that may mean that Jaron Duran is back in AAA. It may mean Jaron Duran ends up being trade bait. You know, we'll see how that goes. But the, as far as uh, uh, as far as the Red Sox go, a couple of relievers, but they still have uh, some issues to address. There's no question about that. Uh, the other uh, thing that the Red Sox are going to have to address, word came down over the weekend that, you know, because of uh, the COVID restrictions in Canada, Players who are not vaccinated are not going to be able to play in Toronto. If they are not vaccinated, they cannot play. So what does that mean for the Red Sox? Well, think about this. We know Chris Sale was not vaccinated last year. We know that Xander Bogarts 
was not vaccinated last year. Josh Taylor, same thing. Christian Arroyo, same thing. So you've got four guys on that roster, four guys that you are going to need. Bogarts and Sale not being able to go to a series in Toronto? That's unacceptable. So the Red Sox are going to have to navigate that, and I don't know, does that mean they put pressure on these guys to get vaccinated, or do they try to set up their rotation in such a way that it doesn't matter if Sale pitches? But it's going to matter whether Xander Bogarts plays or not. And when you look at what the Toronto Blue Jays have done and the moves that they are making, um, you have to begin to question this for the Red Sox. You know, uh, Kevin Durant went off over the weekend in the NBA about at the mayor of New York about the restrictions because of COVID and, uh, you know, uh, how it's uh, it's unfair and, and all. And how about, you know, and, and Michael Wilbon went off on ESPN on him last night. It was great. And he said, how about instead of going after the mayor of New York, you go after your teammate who refuses to get vaccinated, who wants to be selfish and doesn't want to get a shot. And, and look, hey, look, it's your right. It is your right to choose not to. But as, as uh, Michael Wilbon said, this stuff kills people. It kills people. So how about you get upset with your teammate? And if you're the Red Sox and you have to go to Toronto, a team that just signed Yusei Kikuchi to add to that already strong rotation with Jose Barrios and Kevin Gaussman uh, and Ryu, uh, and the the uh, rookie last year, Alec Manoa, who looked so good. You look at that rotation for the Toronto Blue Jays, and you go, oh, my God. The Red Sox can't afford to go up there without their ace in Chris Sale. They can't afford to go up there without one of the best bats in their lineup in Xander Bogarts. That's just, uh, you know, that's unacceptable. So what are the Red Sox going to do? And, you know, they of course, they asked Alex Cora, about that yesterday down in uh, spring training. And he goes, uh, yeah, we'll have to address that. She stanks. You know, no kidding. No kidding. But again, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, you have, you have the right to make the choice. But as a Red Sox fan, as a Red Sox teammate, you also have the right to be upset with guys that make the decision not to get vaccinated which affects the other, you know, uh, 25 guys on your roster. Or in this case, four guys that aren't vaccinated that we know of. So it affects the other 22 guys on your roster. Well, those 22 guys have a right to be upset with you. If you're one of the best players on our team, you're supposed to be one of the leaders, and you choose not to get vaccinated, and you choose to not participate in a series against a team that very well may be the team that is the front runner to win the American League East. It's a problem. And it's not just going to affect the Red Sox. It affects every team in Major League Baseball. If you're not vaccinated, you can't play in Canada, period. So to be continued, but we know this, you know, this COVID, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, and, and not that uh, uh, not that uh, the war is a good thing, but it's, it's so funny how all of a sudden everybody talking about uh, the war in Ukraine has uh, kind of silenced a lot of the uh, the COVID talk. But, you know, it's not going away. You know, COVID's not going away. And it's going to be 
one of those things that uh, a lot of doctors are saying, well, we're going to have a COVID season the way, same way we have a flu season. The difference between the flu and COVID is, yeah, the flu can kill people, and it did. But COVID kills people about 10 times more often than the flu kills people. So it's not going to go away. You know, and maybe as we continue to uh, get people vaccinated and people get sick and they build up the antibodies and we get the herd immunity, the, the effects of it will become less and less. But right now, it's still a big part of our lives and it's, it's, it, it affects the way that we do business, not just, you know, in the office downtown, but in the ballparks, in the stadiums, in the arenas. It makes a difference. And to me, part of being a teammate is being all in. And if your decision not to get vaccinated affects the other guys on your team, that's a problem to me. It shows that you are not a good teammate. You know, and maybe I'm being a little bit overly dramatic, but I don't think so. And I think Red Sox... Uh, players that want to be upset with Xander Bogarts and Chris Sale or whoever else that can't go to Canada and play in a big series, they have a right. They have a right. It is 27 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk about, you know, we didn't think we'd still be talking about it, but he's going to be here to talk about Tom Brady. Back in a minute, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 29 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call. And we thought we were going to uh, have a few weeks before we had a chance to talk to Dan Zampano, but uh, Tom Brady made sure we had something to talk about. Dan, the the uh, fastest retirement or the fastest unretirement uh, perhaps in NFL history. But you called it. You said he was going to come back, and you, you, you didn't ever seem to have any doubt. Did you think it would be this fast? Um. Maybe not this fast, I would say, but, you know, I never thought in a million years. I mean, the way he acted and the way it all went down, it made no sense, you know. I mean, first off, you have Adam Schefter, who should never be trusted at all again, (laughs) Uh, at least when it comes to the Tom Brady, or at least when it comes to Tom Brady. I mean, why would Tom Brady even allow you know, anybody in his camp to leak that information to Adam Schefter, uh, there's just no way. I mean, he wants to do it his way. And then I personally think that when it was released, that there was some type of pressure to actually follow through on that piece of information. Uh, And I don't think he was fully ready. I mean, you heard it in the Jim Gray interview after this was announced that, He said, you know, six months from now, we'll see how I feel. Well, it took two months. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty quick. And, you know, to me, I just, there's, there's too much fire. You can see it on, on the sideline for him to go out the way he did and, you know, for him to lose in divisional round and the whole, you know, quote unquote snubbing of the Patriots and and the retirement. uh, I mean, this was all very just wonky and it didn't feel like it was ever the end. And, you know, he never sounded quite like he was done. And today he proved it. I think, uh, you know, that trip out to a trip out to man, U to see, to see the Glazer family, it was, was a trip to tell them a little piece of information. 
Um, so the question I now have then is that there are a whole bunch of Tampa Bay Buccaneers that are getting ready to hit free agency. How does this affect what you, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think some of those guys that were on the fence are now going to come back because Brady's coming back or have they mentally moved on from Tom Brady and said, ah, enough. I, I, I can't even begin to think that they would want to move on from, from the greatest of all time being on their team. I mean, that would be um, borderline foolish. So right. More power, more power to them if they want to, but uh, you, you, you would think that they'd probably try to get Gronk back on the team. Uh, and Dominican Sue is older, uh, whether he wants to come back or not, depending on the money and the contract. I mean, that's another one, but they already signed Ryan Jensen literally within within hour, right, to, right. <laughs> you know, to come back and play the center. So you would imagine, which had the greatest tweet of all time. He said, "Well, I guess I need to go get more baby powder." <laughs> so, um, which was a great tweet. But um, no, I think I think I mean they already franchise tagged Chris Godwin. I think that was part of their plan. I don't even think the Glazers believed, and Jason Light believed that this was something that couldn't happen. And clearly, I mean, it's good that it happened before the draft. I think that was really good of Brady to to do. But, you know, they automatically catapult themselves into the top spot in in their division unless one of those teams below them can, can find a way to get to Sean Watson. They should walk away with this division pretty easily. So, uh, you know, I it's revving back up for, for number eight for him and, you know, I can't imagine that the Bucks are probably going to be a favorite now in the NFC as well. Uh, how about the comment, though? And it, and it is kind of an interesting comment when you think of it. And, and I know this speaks to his competitiveness. But for him to say, like when his tweet, when he said, uh, unfinished business, Jesus, he's won seven Super Bowls. I mean, you know, I understand that they lost, uh, you know, last year, but but. How, how, what kind of unfinished business can can the guy that has done more than any NFL player in history has done? How much more unfinished business can there be? I think people don't really get it when they talk about greatest of all time. Like it doesn't matter how many championships the guy wins. <laughs> like in right. his mentality, I mean, he wants to be the best every single time. Like. There's a reason why he just retired and then unretired because he has the most relentless competitive fire that we've seen from any athlete of all time. Like, you know, there's, there's, you know, we're getting into the realm and we are, I think we're already there of the Michael Jordan, the Muhammad Ali, that, that competitive juice that you just, it's so rare to see. That's how he's wired. So I'm, I, don't, I don't know why people are surprised that he's saying these things. Yeah, you know, I think. Well, I think we we reached that level uh, years ago, don't you? I mean, you know, I mean, I think. Right. I think he was already he was already there. But I got to tell you, it, it what was fun last night, and you know, once the decision had been made, and you read some of the memes that were on Twitter last night were just hysterical, you know, stuff about, uh, you know, <laughs> just Giselle wanting him to, you know, load the dishwasher or, do, you know, and, or first fight <laughs> with the wife. And he's like, I'm going back to work. You know I mean? It's just, but so that was, uh, I probably spent about 45 minutes down that rabbit hole, just laughing at some of the memes. But, but again, I think I, like I said, I think this is just pure about competitiveness and, you know, you wonder He's one of those guys. Michael Jordan never shut off that competitiveness. You know what? 
I mean, to this day, I think well, he still feels that that he could go out and if he had to lace him up for one game and and throw down fifty. I think Brady's always going to feel that way. You're, you're going to see. I mean, you see Michael Jordan on the sidelines of those Charlotte games, just see Raymond out guys. I mean, it's it's great, and that's what makes great players great. My favorite one clearly was. Um, the one where Brady was, uh, he real, when he realized that everything on his schedule was just a parent-teacher conference, <laughs> hey, I'm going to come out of retirement. Uh, and I, that, that was a really good one. I really enjoyed that. But, you know, you're, you're 100% right. It, this is never going to go away. It's just going to be about when his body eventually does break down, you know, that he, that he leaves. So whether it's this year or if he wants to do another year and get out of Tampa, uh, you know, and, and play somewhere else, um, you know, it would be – I'm not surprised by anything the guy does anymore. Well, and for the NFL, you know, and, and I hadn't thought about this, but the NFL has to be thrilled because they're going to play a game in Germany this year that Tampa Bay's involved in. Now, what a great oh, what a great perfect. marketing thing for the NFL to have the greatest quarterback in league history playing in Germany. I mean, that's – Roger Goodell must have thought he died and went to heaven yesterday. Yeah, he just saved him, uh, you know, probably 60,000 tickets of, of, of cash right there for, because I don't think anybody would pay to watch Kyle Trask play football at this time. But, you know, that's, that's, a, that's, a, pretty good, that's a pretty good deal for Goodell who continues to, you know, love, love him or hate him, and most of us hate him. Uh, he has made the money, made the money. Uh, there's no question about it. Well, uh, with the Brady news, there's been, there's been quarterback news all week. Uh, let's, let's start talking off a little bit about the, uh, the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it was funny. There's been so much talk that Russell Wilson was gone. He was gone. He was gone. And then all of a sudden things had kind of cooled on that front. Next thing you know, there's the trigger pulled. And now, boy, I'll tell you what, how good is that AFC West going to be? Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Is it good? I, You know, this was one of my surprises when we finished up the Sunday card. Uh, we did, we went through a list of, of guys that that uh, that would be on other teams, like which quarterbacks would, would be on their team starting week one next year. And I said, Russell Wilson, I think is probably not going to be. Um, I thought there was too much rumblings about that, mm-hmm. that, and I think that he's too big of a star. And just a few days before that trade went down, Russell started posting some of those, some of the, I call them thirst trap videos of him working out. Right. Um, and I think, and I think him with like a pit Viper sunglasses and, and like, you know, just putting out highlights of him just with workouts. And I'm like, Something's going on here. <laughs> there's there's something heating up, and you know, I think Denver did a hundred percent the right thing. Yep. You know, they did. They did, first off, they didn't give up a lot of draft capital. Right. Yes, they gave up two ones and two twos, but they also utilized the roster that they had and gave up some players that, you know, you've got Noah Fant and you've got tight ends behind him already. So getting rid of him doesn't really hurt. Drew Locke certainly doesn't hurt. You. you You'd give him away from a bag of balls, <laughs> and then you'd then you'd give up Shelby Harris, who kind of stings. I mean, that's a that's a veteran player that you love in your locker room, but right. I mean, I think that they they gave up they gave up a pretty fair deal, uh, and the Seattle Seahawks got a pretty fair deal uh, back for him. But no, he changes the complete landscape of that AFC West, not just from the quarterback's perspective now, 
but you have quarterbacks that are married to young coaches or a quarterback right. like Mahomes who's married to Reed. So I think that those are that's really fascinating with, with Nathaniel Hackett, who I think is a fantastic hire for Denver. Denver's going to be tough, but it's hard to say that they're just going to walk away with the division because the Chiefs, the Raiders now have McDaniels and Carr married together and right. Herbert with the Chargers. I mean, that is a brutal brutal division well and the chargers made another move getting khalil mack this week and and if he's and if he yeah if he turns out to be healthy i mean think about him and joey bosa i mean that that makes that defense frightening it absolutely does and now those quarterbacks have to they're the one team in that division now that has to deal with a pass rush now i believe that there's a good chance von miller goes back to denver okay but you know that would put Den- that would put denver and and the Chargers had a huge advantage. I'm not sure it helps the Chargers run defense, though, and yeah. I think that was more of their problem last year. So I, I feel like they'll probably address that in the draft, but but still, I think those two defenses matched up with these quarterbacks. It, people are texting me left and right saying the Broncos are still like a 500 team. I, I'm sorry. like you know, you know that. that team is going to be really, really good. I think they're going to be really good. Are you, confi- are you convinced that Derek Carr is married to – the Las Vegas Raiders? Because there has been talk. Uh, I, I think so. I, yeah, there's been talk, but I, look, I think that they've been pretty committed to him. I mean, there was a rumblings last week about him possibly getting uh, the Colts trying to make a move for him, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. I just think the Raiders, if they've stuck with him this long, and they were a playoff team last year with with an interim coach. Like the reason for that is this car car kept that team together yeah. through all that. I mean, he was the he was the leader of that team. So I, I don't there's something invaluable about leadership, not just about quarterback play. And he plays well enough as a quarterback. Yeah, he has to clean up some turnovers and this, that and the other, but he plays that role of leader really well and marries that to how good of a quarterback he is. Speaking of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz is now with the Washington <laughs> Commanders. And boy, I'll tell you what, the amount of uh, vitriol against Carson Wentz. Yeah, it was like the perfect word for Man, it. Yep. don't let the door hit you in the rear end on the way out the door. Oh, my goodness. Now, from, from a Washington standpoint, they traded up. I mean, there's no question that, you know, look, the, the Washington quarterback situation was a mess. Wentz is still a step up for Washington. But now, if you're the Colts, where are you going? That That's the million-dollar question. I mean, we saw the previous two days, and we haven't talked about him yet, but I'm sure we will, is the previous two days, Aaron Rodgers signs his deal. Right. Russell Wilson gets traded to the Broncos. We're all freaking out. The whole world is upside down. And then uh, I described this trade as a wet fart. That's what I described <laughs> this trade as. I mean, it was just – it was like – Okay, <laughs> you know, just yeah. everybody looking at Carson Wentz in the room and be like, oh, uh, no, <laughs> he's here. But, um, you know, so, it, which was hilarious. I mean, first off, it's just that, you know, it's amazing. It makes me look at the Colts and say, man, Andrew Luck's retirement really screwed this team yeah, good. I mean, yeah. they they just have not been able to figure out their quarterback situation since then. And, uh, you know, this is going to be their fifth or sixth year in a row with a new starting quarterback. So, 
to me, I do think that there was probably uh, it had to happen. I think I think Wentz was just not the right fit. I think that Jaguars game at the end of the season sealed his fate. Um, you know, he has moments where he is fantastic, and he plays at that MVP level that he played in 2017. But he just is the most inconsistent quarterback we've seen in terms of how good he can be and how bad he can be. I mean, just some turnover-worthy plays. And he only threw seven interceptions last year, but he had so many boneheaded fumbles and, and plays that cost his team the game that, you know, you just can't have that in the NFL. And now he goes to Washington and he will he will compete. I think that he will probably win, but, you know, to me it's like – Taylor Heineke is is maybe not a franchise quarterback yet, but he certainly has the potential to be so. And I, I think that it'll at least be a competition. I think Wentz should win it. Mm-hmm. But you know, to, it's it's you got to you got to prove that you're starting quarterback. You can't be making thirty million dollars a year and be that inconsistent. I'm sorry, you just can't do it. And I know like I've been a huge Wentz guy since he's been in the league, but. You know, I thought last year he was going to revive his career, and now, you know, I don't have anything for you, man. I'm off your man wagon. <laughs> you have to prove it back to me. So, can you imagine though when he goes to Philadelphia? I mean, I oh, just, oh my I think <laughs> I am not looking forward to that for him. I feel terrible for the kid because yeah. he's going to go to Philly, and 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 they're going to be throwing snowballs at the guy. I mean, it's just it's it's going to be brutal. I hope they don't. I hope that they are s- sensible enough to to be like, hey, you got railroaded here, too. Right. And injuries and all the rest of it. I mean, it's just a, such a bad situation. Um, the other surprise to me, Kirk Cousins signs an extension yesterday with the Minnesota mm. Vikings to keep him in a Viking uniform through 2023. He's going to get a raise to $40 million bucks. $40 million bucks for 2022. And he gets a no-trade clause. Now, for a guy and a franchise that has been underwhelming of late, this really shocked me. Or, or maybe it speaks more to uh, the dearth of good quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but maybe it speaks more to there there wasn't a better option out there. And and the contract's fully guaranteed. Yeah, I know. Like, that's that's what that's what's pretty incredible about that. I mean. To me, you know, I think this has to do more with the new regime coming in. Um, with O'Connell I, I, and this new quarterback, uh, this new coach, uh, I, I think that Cousins, this is really going to sound strange, but Cousins is kind of a darling of the, you know, zone run scheme type of offenses that are being run. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has been trying to get him to be his quarterback for years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, for some reason they think that that guy, he's perfect for it and that he's a, he's a, he's in, he's a step up from Jimmy G with the same skill set, you know, type of thing. Yep. Um, so, you know, to me, it's, it, it's interesting. I, I think it has to do more with the scheme. I really do. And, and to, to commit to him and, and have him be a guy, look, Kirk Cousins last year actually was pretty good. He had a really good passer rating. He did not throw a ton of interceptions. He had one of the lowest interception totals in the league. Um, Did he he step up and was he able to go out and and win some games? 
uh, late in the season? No, and they didn't make the playoffs, and he got hurt, and there was a lot of things that went down in Minnesota, and um, I, I think that you know now at this point, there's no reason to break this. I think that O'Connell is going in and maybe doing something good here. I think he's assessing what he has for the first year and seeing, you know, okay, what can we improve on, you know, for, for the following in 2023? Because I think 2022 is going to be about seeing exactly what the Vikings are for his new offense and, and bringing in somebody defensively that, that is going to continue how good the Vikings defense has, has been. So I, I think it's just, you know, when you go into a new job, you kind of take the first month to kind of learn and, and assess and do everything with the NFL that can take a little longer. And, and he's going to, he's committing long-term. I think that's what he's doing this head coach. Uh, so then there's the, uh, the elephant in the room that's been in the room for a while. And that is Deshaun Watson. And now that it looked now mm. that, it, that he's at least not going to be criminally charged with what went on down uh, in uh, in Houston, what happens with him? It looks like it. The Saints and the Panthers are the two teams right now that are the hottest to try to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, you know, with with his situation uh, being cleared of the criminal charges, I think really opens him up. But I don't think it doesn't uh, necessarily keep him away from getting suspended. I think that right. there's still a chance that that could definitely happen. Uh, especially with the civil lawsuits coming up. This is not over for him legally, but uh, I do think that he will probably, there's probably my guess would be that there's a civil suit uh, settlement uh, with, with some of these people that are accusing him of what he's being accused of. Right. So there could be that. I don't know. Uh, but as far as his football career goes, yes, the Saints and the Panthers are still involved. The Saints have the, no cap room to do this, though. I, I would be kind of shocked if, if this was the case. I think the Panthers are the front runners. I think David Tepper really is going after him. I think he's motivated a, a fresh new owner that wants to give his franchise a shot in the arm, pair him with Christian McCaffrey, who also, by the way, is kind of on the trade rumors list. Right. But I, I would be kind of surprised if it happened. But, um, no, I think he would be willing to back up the Brinks truck for Deshaun Watson, uh, even though he's limited. I think Seattle should definitely take a look uh, under the hood with him because, you know, they've just opened up a bunch of cap space for themselves. And by cutting Bobby Wagner, by by trading Russell Wilson, I I think Seattle would do some good there trying to figure out if they could bring him to to the upper Northwest. Now, he went to school at Clemson, Mm -hmm. so – like Carolina makes a ton of sense for him, but you know, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that, that he can go to Seattle either. I think the Colts are completely out of the question. There's no way the Texans would do that. So I, I would, I would say a team in the NFC. Okay. All right. Well, we got free agency getting ready to, uh, to get underway. Uh, the Patriots decided to re-sign Devin McCourty yesterday, a one-year contract for 9 mm-hmm. million bucks. Uh, look, they've got a lot of guys uh, ready to to hit free agency. I'm just going to throw a few guys out at you and tell me uh, if you think that the uh, the Patriots should bring them back. Well, number one, Dante Hightower, do they bring him back? 
Hell no. It's just it's time. <laughs> it's, it, it's time. It needs to be fresh, fresh blood. It's time. It's time to go. You already got Van Noy out of here. He's got to go. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Bolden's got to come back, right? I think so. He's provides. It's just the special teams and the veteran leadership. Um, now, what about – look, they're going to have to do something about the wide receiver position. Now, Jacoby Myers is a free agent, but that's, mm. that's a guy they've got to re-sign. But, man, if they're going to make a splash anywhere in free agency, isn't that where it's got to be? Yeah, they already are if they tendered him. So, oh, they so did? He's, okay. He's, uh, he's coming back. So, okay. it, it, so Myers will be back. But I think, I think that they need to do something – in the draft with this or free agency, one of the two, I, you know, maybe not the first round, but there's plenty of guys that they can get in the second or third round. Okay. I think a guy like, you know, like an Alabama receiver, like maybe John Mechie or, or something like that, you know, is, is a possibility. Um, you know, before the Calvin Ridley situation went down, I think that would have probably been the, the guy to look at, but right. that's not going to happen now. So, you know, there's plenty of options out there uh it's just a matter of how much they want to spend what they want to do with this but i i would imagine that there's probably a guy in the draft there's and and when we go to the draft you know i'll mention some names now because i do have some on my radar but you know uh i i don't think that nelson aguilar is is a guy i think that's probably a guy that actually could could possibly get cut i think really he is his contract his contract is so that you know, if they cut him now, they save a lot of money later. Mm-hmm. I mean, they way overpaid for him. Yep. So I think that there's there's a possibility of that. Maybe Allen Robinson is in that in that talks as well if they want to sign him. So plenty of options still to go along, but they do need somebody, especially the slot receiver. Uh, J.C. Jackson's as good as gone, right? I I just I don't think they're going to re-sign him. If they didn't franchise tag him, I think he's the Chargers are really interested in him. The Chargers are really going after him hard, so I I, I don't think they're going to get in a bidding war with somebody. Is, is it is it a mistake? Um, depends on what they do. I mean, I, you know, I, you're not really comfortable going in there with Jalen Mills, are you? Right. I mean, no, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work. So right. you know, I, do they re-sign Stephon Gilmore? I mean, he's on the free agency market. True. You know, yep. I think that that is a possibility. So, you know, again, there's, there's again, the, the corner market is fresh, and, and it does have a lot, and I think you can get somebody for much cheaper than you're going to get Jason Jackson. Uh, one more thing, uh, not Patriot-related, but this, to me, uh, Amari Cooper gets traded this week. And mm. to me, they almost gave him away. You know, I I yeah. would have thought that the, that, that the price tag for him would have been a little higher than, what, a second and a sixth? Not a fifth and a sixth. Oh, it's a fifth and a sixth. I, <laughs> I mean, that's even worse. I would have thought. Yeah. So, so what yeah. is that? What does that tell you? And it's really just a fifth because they swapped to six round picks right, right, in, true. The, in the trade. Right. So, I mean, there's what it tells me is that the Cowboys have. This is the mismanagement of the cap by Jerry Jones that has happened over the years. Then now it's come to fruition and come to a head. That's what this is about. This is. This is about paying a running back a $15 million contract. Right. It's about paying a wide receiver a $20 million contract when you could just easily just keep drafting receivers, and they did. They drafted C.D. Lamb. Right. They have a number one receiver. 
what purpose does Amari Cooper making $20 million serve you now? I mean, it makes no sense. So, you know, who's going to take on that contract? It's a monster contract without giving up. Nobody's going to give up high draft picks for that. Right. I mean, yes, Amari Cooper's super talented. He's 28 years old. You're going to get away with him, but you're going to pay for it with your cap space. Right. That's what you're paying for. So, you know, the Browns, I mean, this is not something that's going to just, oh, the Browns are going to just have him and keep the same team. The Browns are going to probably trade Jarvis Landry now. That's probably going to happen. So, you know, just to keep him on the books, this is the Cowboys being absolute clowns and running the the most (laughs) expensive franchise and the most valuable franchise like it's a minor league team. Uh, And they continue to do that. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me. And if you're a Cowboys fan, I'd be royally pissed about something like that because it's Jerry just being Jerry. He has not been a good GM in a long time. He's just, it's, it's, it's the Cowboys, it's the Yankees, it's the Lakers. It's, it's the same song and dance. These teams that just want to spend giant capital, the Yankees, you can see that last night from what that's perfect example from last night, what they did. Right. And so, and so, you know, the Cowboys are in that same kind of class as those teams and they do what they do. They, they make headlines because they know that ESPN will just talk about them at nauseum and, who cares? Like the Cowboys are not an interesting team anymore. Well, that that whole division's not very interesting to 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 be frank. You know that whole that whole no, that whole division no, that whole division is a dumpster fire. Yes. Well, maybe when you start talking about Carson Wentz yeah. as the as the top like, story say, in that division. I was going to yeah. you know, you've gone wrong. Maybe the Commanders have gone to the top of the heap. <laughs> oh man well dan listen i really appreciate you coming on uh uh, tom brady uh, making our weekend a little bit brighter or or a little bit gloomier depending i guess uh on what team that you root for but uh i appreciate you coming on we'll have you on again uh, when free agency gets rolling i I know he stole selection sunday but this is really did we're talking about and it's a great what Great way to start off free agency week because it kicks off on Tuesday and the tampering period, which is the best thing ever. So I uh, I look forward to talking to you guys soon, and uh, it's always good to be on your show, Gene. All right, Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We will be back uh, tomorrow with another edition of The Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from Alan Jackson and Drive. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.